Man up. Well, we're going to conclude our, our series today, and I know we've had a full day already. I know that, uh, you know, Caleb was up here preaching his heart out. Sorry, man, three minutes goes fast, huh? How many of you guys would like that pressure? Three minutes? How many of you guys wish that we could put that on the screen when I'm preaching? And if I just, you know, the minute it hits zero, you just get up and walk out. There's no, don't raise your hand. But uh, um, well, we're going to conclude this, this series. I know we've already had a lot going on, but how many, give, just give me 10 more minutes. Anybody give me 10 minutes? 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. Okay, we got an hour, and uh, I'm just kidding. We're just going to go real quickly. Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 7. And uh, we've been talking about man up. And uh, this hopefully has been an encouraging uh, message and series as well as a challenging one for some of you. Um, I know that some of the guys, they've, they've shared with me that they've been challenged in some different areas and different ways. Um, I know that even through it that some of the women have been challenged uh, through this series. And it's my heart that not only would we be challenged, but we'd be encouraged and uh, and really discover as men who we are to be in the kingdom of God as well as in culture. Uh, we read, which we won't read today, but we read previously out of 1 Corinthians eleven three, talking about how God is the head of Christ, Christ is the head of man, and man is the head of woman. And uh, that woman has no problem looking to man um, as long as that man is looking to Christ. Amen? Um, and that's really our job, that we're to look to Christ uh, the author and finisher of our faith. We're to look unto him. He is our example. He is the one that's leading us. He is the one that's directing us. And here's the thing, ladies. If you find a good, godly man that's submitted to Jesus Christ, you should have no problem following him at all um, because you ought to know that he's leading you to the right place. And so, so we've been talking about that. We talked the first week about how real men have value. My wife preached a message, did an amazing job. As a matter of fact, somebody this morning was just like, man, I just want to let you know, man, your wife did an amazing job, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago on Sunday, but I always think she does an amazing job. Uh, thanks. Next week, we talked about real men fight for their home, and uh, we looked out of the, the passage that talks about Jesus came into the temple with that. He made that whip. He began to drive some things out, how real men fight for their home. And then last week, we talked about uh, real men know how to treat the ladies. Not get the ladies, but treat the ladies. Although real men, if they treat the ladies right, know how to get the ladies as well. If you missed any of those, you can go. All of them are online. You can either go to our podcast or you can go to our live feed and catch those there. Today I want to talk to you and I want to conclude this series very quickly and talk to you about how real men show compassion. Real men show compassion. We'll talk a little bit about why and, and what that is. So let's turn to Luke 7, starting in verse 11. And it says this, soon afterward, he went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. As he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother. And she was a widow. And considerable crowd from the town was with her. Verse 13. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion. Everybody say compassion. He had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. Then he came up and touched the coffin. And the bearers stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized them all. And they glorified God, saying, a great prophet has arisen among us, and God has visited his people. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that in the next few moments that we have together, that God, you would speak to us, God, so clearly out of your word. Lord, I pray once again that people would be encouraged today. 
people will be challenged today. God, people will be comforted today. And we would learn something from this passage. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Let me just give you real quickly the definition of compassion. Because compassion is so much more than sympathy and empathy. It's so much more than love. It's so much more than just caring for somebody. Compassion is this. It's to feel deep sympathy and sorrow for another who is stricken by misfortune. Okay, but it doesn't stop there. A feeling of deep sympathy and sorrow for another who is stricken by misfortune. Look at the next part. Accompanied by a strong desire to alleviate the suffering. Accompanied by a strong desire to alleviate the suffering. So in other words, it's not just me walking by and noticing something wrong and and just being like, oh man, that sucks. That's tough, man. I've been there once before. Pat, pat, pat. Okay? It's not just that. It's actually seeing it, feeling that, recognizing their pain, beginning to feel a little bit of their pain yourself as you remember back to maybe a situation where you felt that, and then now begin to engage yourself into changing it. Are you with me? Okay? This is compassion. It's not just feeling something, it's fixing something. You got feeling and you got fixing. Okay? The best way I could describe this maybe in terms that we can understand is, is there's a lot of ladies in here. Okay? And all the ladies, they don't necessarily want you to fix something. They want you to feel something. And all the guys said, amen. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, guys, right? When a woman says she's thirsty, she does not want you to immediately get up, run over and get a cup, put ice in the cup and pour water in it and bring it back. She wants you to be like, oh, baby, I know how you feel. I've been there before. And I, I, I feel right where you're at, where your throat is dry and your mouth is parched and it just... You just need something to quench it, baby. I totally understand. And then you just kind of put your arm around her and you just, you just feel that moment of thirst with her. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Okay? Am I describing some ladies okay? And all the ladies are getting up there. Yeah, see, I got, I got, I got an amen from a newly married man. <laughs> Been married for a couple of weeks. He's still bold enough to raise his hand. But I don't see his wife in here anywhere, so that's probably why. So, yeah, give it another three weeks. He'll be like, I don't know what he's talking about, baby. <laughs> okay? But see, a guy's reason, when a guy says, I'm thirsty, and there's no action within the first 10 seconds, he's like, whoa, I said, I'm thirsty. That means I actually want water in a cup with ice in my hand. Are you with me? Okay? There's a difference between men and women. Now, compassion is if you could just somehow merge these two. All right? I feel the pain. I know where you're coming from. I've been there before. And now, after I've felt that sympathy, I'm going to fix it. Okay? That's compassion. If you could somehow mix those two emotions, those two responses, you would have compassion. I love the Bible because it paints Jesus in such an amazing way. We've read throughout this series that that he was the guy that came in with the whip. He was, he was the man. He's the man's man. He came in, and if you if you study scripture, you know he was a carpenter. He built things. Come on, somebody. If you ever want to feel like a man, just get a hammer and start swinging it and build something. You know what I'm talking about? It's like sometimes I'm starting to feel a little too metrosexual, and, which means I'm just a really effeminate guy, I guess. I don't, look up, thank you. I'm a good-looking man. Hey, thanks, sweet. I just got a nice shirt. I wore this because it just, it just exudes compassion, okay? But I just got to pick up a hammer and just smack things, you know what I mean? And, you know, or get a screwdriver and pretend like anytime I like, I pray for the moment one of my daughter's toys breaks down. 
I'll fix it. I just, just, I just feel, you know, just feel good about that, okay? This was Jesus. Jesus was a carpenter. He built stuff, okay? He probably didn't have hands like mine. He probably had calluses and blisters and all, all sorts of things on him. Why? Because he was swinging in hand. He was a man's man. He went into the temple, man, and, and he had a whip, and he cracked that whip and drove some stuff out. Now, here's the thing. I mean, there were a lot of people in the temple. How is it that one man with a whip could drive them out? He must have been crazed. Are you with me? Okay? Matter of fact, the disciples even looked at Jesus and said, wow, I remember it was written about you. A, 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 a zeal for your father's house would eat you up. I mean, but just think about what that moment looked like. You know, his beard was going, his hair was going, sweat was going. He had a whip throwing tables over. That's pretty good. I mean, let's just paint it how it really was, right? Okay? And this is Jesus. This is, the one that, this is the one that would eventually go and die on the cross, that would not talk back to his authority, that was challenging. Is, is this who you say you are? And he wouldn't talk back, and he would take those nails in his hands, and he would die that brutal death on the cross being beaten. But yet this same Jesus, time and time again, was the one that was moved with compassion was the one that would see someone in need. And even as here as we saw in Luke 7, that was, that was moved with compassion. And if you read your Bible, you see that every time that Jesus was moved with compassion, he either taught a life-changing principle or a miracle took place. Every time. It never just says that Jesus was moved with compassion, period. No, he says that Jesus was moved with compassion, and then all of a sudden this, this grand story begins to ensue. You begin to learn something, a life principle, and, and most of the time, actually, you begin to see a miracle. Why? Because compassion causes you to take action. And here we see the man, the, 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 the man's man, Jesus Christ. We see him being moved with compassion. I, I want to kind of break a stereotype if I can. Listen to me, guys. Man, you can be strong. You can be tough. You can make the, the hard calls, and you can do all that stuff. But if you do not have compassion... Are you with me today? You want to man up? Have some compassion. Have some compassion. Here we see in this story, a woman is, is so grieved. And the Bible points something out that, that just hit me today. That not only was she really just grieving the loss of her son, but it goes out to the point out the fact that she had no husband either. In other words, she was in a, a, plate of, a place of complete devastation. She was at a place of hopelessness. She was at a place of, of I don't know what I'm going to do now. I don't know how things are going to work out. I got no son. My husband's dead. I don't know what's going to become of me. Obviously, the, they, they were somewhat uh, well-known in the city because the Bible says a great crowd was following them. So even though she had connections, even though she had friendships, even though she had those things, she still felt completely hopeless. And Jesus saw her at that moment. And the Bible says that he had compassion on her. And after that happened, man, the whole picture begins to change. I want to challenge the men in this place today. I want to challenge you to begin to look at the life of Jesus and begin to ask yourself, am I compassionate? Do I see things that are wrong? in my family, and I'm so moved with compassion that I just want to, I want to go, not just because I'm a fix-it person, but because I feel the emotional pain that it's causing somebody. 
What would happen if men in our society began to be moved with compassion? Their words would be different. The way they responded to their children would be different. The way they interacted would be different. Why? Because now they're being moved by something more than just, I gotta fix it. First thing that we see here in the life of Jesus, in this story, that the first thing he does, he does not just step in. He does not just see the woman. I mean, if you read the story, we already read it, so you know that the young man arises. But the first thing, when Jesus saw the woman crying, he didn't come, up, come over and say, young man, arise! He could have done that. And the, the boy probably would have arose. The first thing he does, though, he doesn't just go into fix-it mode. He doesn't just go, I'm a man, and I'm going to show all the men how to be fixers. He says, you know, I'm going I'm to take this moment and I'm going to show him what a real man looks like. And before he even goes and fixes the problem, he turns to the one that's weeping. And he says, woman, do not weep. Do you imagine the king of kings, the lord of lords, God incarnate in the flesh on earth, looking you in the eyes with compassion and saying, don't weep. It's going to be okay. Don't weep. It's, 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 it's going to be all right. The first thing he does before he fixes anything is compassion will cause you to bring hope. Compassion will cause you to bring hope. The Bible says in Romans 5 that hope does not disappoint because the love of God is being shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit of promise. What does he do? He offers hope. Why? Because he knew that began to, to change something inside of her. He, before he talks to the boy, before he even goes over and deals with that, he deals with the pain and the suffering of this woman. And he speaks to her and he offers her hope. Hey, don't, don't weep. Don't weep. Don't weep. I've often been told by people that God gives you the children you need in order to, 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 to work some things in your life. God gave me two beautiful daughters. Someone told me one time, you know why the reason he gave you daughters? I said, no, why? I said, because God wants to work more compassion inside of you. And you need to learn to be more compassionate. And you need to understand them. And you need to be, and I was just like, great. It's been a journey, but I've learned. The guy in me wants to go and fix every time. You can ask my wife. Last night, one of my daughters was acting up. And acting up? I know you've probably never seen them like that. They're perfect little angels in your eyes, okay? But I get to see them when they act up. And it was just reoccurring and reoccurring and reoccurring. And I went straight over that drawer, opened the drawer, got the spoon, shut it. And I went marching. I'm going to fix this. And I went walking in with that spoon. I was walking over there, and all of a sudden my wife grabs me and goes, Baby, baby, do you want me to handle this one? I'm like, no, I got it. I'm going to beat the devil out of her. No, I'm kidding. I didn't say that. That's what was going through my mind if I was honest, though. <laughs> this little spoon is going to be an agent of deliverance. Come out in Jesus' name, okay? And she, now, I am all for spankings because the Bible says that don't spare your child the rod because the rod of correction will drive foolishness far from the child, okay? I was spanked when I was little. That's why I don't have anything here. Are you with me, okay? I got spanked a lot, apparently, okay? But as I was going, my wife looked at me and said, baby, just remember that a late night last night, and it's been a long day. I stopped. I thought, man, she's always right. So I walked in, and, and me and my daughter, we, we just talked. I corrected her in a loving way, which I believe spankings are loving too, but I corrected her, shared with her the scripture, 
and then, and then we just kind of hugged it out, okay? God's been working compassion in me to not just go in and try to fix everything or solve everything or correct everything, but to just stop for a minute and listen and, and hear what's really going on. And maybe there is more. Are, are you with me today? What would happen if, as men, we could, we could, we could bring that hope to people? The reality is, is that this is a story about a woman who experienced real pain, real death. But all of us in here at some point in our life have experienced real pain. The reality is, is that just like this young boy that was being carried in this coffin, carried in the very symbol of death, all of us can look back at some moment in time Maybe it wasn't a natural death, but we can, we can go back to that moment in time where that pain was, where, where something was said and it just killed the dream inside of us. Where something was spoken or something was done to us and now literally maybe we're not naturally dead, but we're kind of like this young boy being carried around in that pain. Are you with me this morning? Maybe it was something somebody did to you. Maybe it was something that someone spoke over you. Maybe it was a, an incident. Maybe it was a circumstance in your life, and you can immediately go back to that circumstance, that situation, and remember that moment. But as men, if we could rise up, we could bring hope to those situations and those circumstances. She offers, he offers hope to her, and then the next thing, check this out. Before he speaks, before he speaks to the young man and says, Arise. He goes over and he touches the coffin. You're reading it with me today. Then he came up and he touched the coffin. He touched it. Before he said a word, compassion will cause you to bring healing. Compassion will cause you to bring healing. He offered hope. Before Before he spoke a word, he came over and he touched the very thing that represented death for this young man. The very thing he was lying in, the very, the very circumstance. It's, 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 it's interesting how when you read the Bible and, and you come across stories like in, in Mark chapter 2 where the, the house was packed, the place was just full, and they carried this, this lame man on a mat, the Bible says, and, and they finally found a way into the house and they lowered him down and, and Jesus was there and he begins to heal the man. And as the man was getting up, Jesus said, hey, take your mat with you. Take, take your mat with you. Take your mat with you. In other words, Jesus wanted him to remember, listen, you were once lying in what represented death. You were once lying in what represented pain. You were once lying in that, but if you can pick up your mat and begin to walk away, maybe every once in a while you can look back at that mat and remember that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords had compassion on you so that you can give compassion to somebody else. See, listen to me, guys. We can bring compassion as men if we've experienced the compassion of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the most compassionate act to come and die on a cross. And here, Jesus goes and he touches the very thing that the dead boy is lying in. Touches it, puts his hand on it, brings healing to it. And I believe as men, if we would take some time and and really begin to see the pain that are in people. And really begin to understand what we're trying to fix before we even begin to fix it. And we get in, and we can touch those dead places in people's lives. Bring healing. Bring forgiveness. Are you with me today? 
Jesus goes and he touches. I believe some of you need to get touched in some area in your life today. Whatever it is, that, 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 that painful moment that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords wants to come and touch you in that area today so that, so that you could experience the next part. Compassion will cause you to bring hope. It will cause you to bring, bring healing. Lastly, compassion will cause you to bring faith. It will cause you to bring faith. After he brings hope to the, the woman that's devastated, after he goes and he touches with sympathy, begins to understand the pain that she's going through, he then looks at the young man. Now listen to what he says. He does not just look at the young man and say, hey, get up. He looks at the young man and he says these words. He says, I say to you, arise. Now listen to me, that doesn't, that doesn't go in the normal context of a conversation. I don't, I don't look at the guy in the back and say, I say to you, Camillo, put something on the screen. I just say, hey, put something on the screen. I think there's something for us to understand here. That Jesus in that moment said, I, the Son of God, I, the way, the truth, the life, I, the true vine, I, I the one that you're grafting in, I, the bread, are you with me this morning? I say to you, arise, take up, get out, move on. Are you with me today? I say to you, listen to what Jesus was saying. Jesus was saying, look, I, the one that came to bring life, the one that came to bring healing, the one that came to bring deliverance, I say to you, what was he doing? He was bringing faith. The Bible says in Romans 10 that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And in this moment, the very living word was encountering this young man and saying, hey, get up. It's time, it's time to move on. Get up from this moment. Get up from this moment of death. Get up from this moment of pain. And listen to me. I don't know what has caused the pain in your life. I don't know what death you've experienced. I don't know where that emotional trauma is. But I guarantee you there are some of you here this morning that you are dealing with it. And the gospel would come to you this morning and offer you life. The gospel would come to you this morning and say, hey, I'm saying to you, come on, I've got joy for you. Weeping may endure for the night, but come on, joy has come in the morning. Are you with me today? I, I, I say to you, man, there's a way, there's a truth, there's a life. The gospel is coming. Faith is coming. And something happened. Now listen to me. Jesus did not help the young man up. The Bible says that the young man sat up. Divine sovereignty, human responsibility. Jesus speaks the word, brings the faith. But then something has to take place. Compassion moved Jesus into action. And now the responder begins to do his part, begins to sit up, and begins to get out of that which represented death. I believe this with all my heart. If we have young men, middle-aged men, older men that manned up and learned how to bring compassion to a hopeless, hurting world, that we would bring that hope, we would bring that healing, and we would bring that faith. And we could literally, guys, listen to me. I believe this with all my heart. What we do now begins to start that revolution in September. What we do now, the decisions we make now, the way we live our life now, the way we interact now, the way we handle now. Guys, if we would man up, we could begin to set a pace. We could begin to paint a model of what it is to be a a godly man, a Christian man that says, hey, this is how we're to interact with society. This is how we're to interact with people. 
we could begin to pave a way for something new in our city. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is living and active. Hallelujah. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Do me a favor. Close your eyes for a minute. Just a minute. Just, just close your eyes because I, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to, wants to touch somebody right now in their area of pain, in their moment of pain. As I was preaching and reading the word up on stage here today, it hit me. The Bible says that the only son of a widow. Listen to me. The reason a lot of the guys in here, I want you to hear this because someone's going to get set free today and someone's going to get healed today. The reason some of the men in here today I'm not just going to talk to men. I'm going to talk to ladies too. The reason some of the guys don't know how to be men is because they never had a father role modeling it for them. The reason some of the ladies don't know how to interact with men or, or maybe there's a bit of pain in their life is because they never had a father. We are, we are living in a fatherless generation. I'm not just talking about a dad was absent physically. You could have very well had your dad right there with you, but he was absent emotionally. He was absent as the teacher. He was absent as the one that would, that would help you grow up to be the man of God that God wanted you to be. And as I was reading the story this, this afternoon, it hit me. He was the only son of a widow that he had no father. This young man had no father, and so he ended up dead just like his father. We don't know what caused the death, but the symbolism is there. He was, a, he, was a, he was a young man without a dad. We don't know what happened to dad. He's not existing. He's not there. Maybe he died. Maybe he moved on. Maybe he went somewhere else. We don't know, but he's not there. And now this young man who obviously died prematurely, and that's the pain of the mom. He ends up exactly as his father, no longer in the picture. The Holy Spirit just spoke this to me. There are some young men, there are some older men, there are some ladies in here today that the Father has been absent in your life. My God. He's been missing. He hasn't been there. He hasn't been there to comfort you in those times of need. He hasn't been there to help fix some things that were, that were messed up. I'm telling you right now, and ladies, I know that if you had, ladies that had fathers in their life, I know you would agree with this statement. Yes, there is something so nurturing about the, about the, about the love and the, the hug of a mother, but there is something so powerful and something so comforting about the, the embrace of a father. that hasn't been there for you. Hasn't been there for you, but right now, believe that the Holy Spirit wants to come, wrap his loving arms around you and embrace you and heal you and comfort you. Listen to me, listen to me. I feel this so strong. There's some of you in here. Whether your father was absent in the natural or just absent emotionally, it's caused some things in your life, but the Holy Spirit is pleading with you today, do not be like that. Make a change. 
Make a change for yourself. Make a change for your family. Make a change for the culture. Make a change today. And allow healing, complete healing to come. Allow Jesus to come and touch you in that dead place right now. And begin to speak to you through my voice saying, rise up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up.